Throughout this series of Sober Sips, we are staying spirited with lies, which I'm so excited about. It's what I personally drink on a weekly basis. They have an amazing range of 13 crafted non-alcoholic spirits, so you can make all of your favourite cocktails, but alcohol-free, and it really does give you the freedom to drink your drink your way. This week, I've been drinking a Liar Summer Spritz, which is absolutely delicious. And if you want to give this a go at home yourself, then head to www.liars.co.uk and don't forget to use our code THIRSTY20 for 20% off. Welcome to this week's episode of Sober Sips. I have a special edition episode for you where my friend Cece Coleman, who you may also know from popular Channel 4 series, First Dates, asks me some questions about my own drinking journey and talks a little bit about hers. Just in case you don't know me, my name is Emily and I'm the founder of Sober Community, Sober and Social, where I create a community through sober events and show you don't have to compromise your social life, sans booze, and encourage others to lead healthier and happier lives. We discuss my first taste of alcohol, moving to London, sober dating, and why I decided to go sober. Let's dive in. Hello, Cece Coleman, and welcome to Sober Sips. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Strange times, isn't it, at the moment? Yes, very odd. Very not normal, but we, we, we get on with it and we do what we can, right? What have you been doing in isolation that's different from what you'd normally do? I've started up a business. <laughs> I'm teaching Pilates to some wonderful people. It's going really, really well. I've got twelve classes a week, and um, yeah, it's just it's something really, really different that I had no intention of doing, but um, it seems to have worked out very well. And what about you? Other than um, being a podcast queen, is there anything else that you've been up to in your time? Well, I'm attempting to be a podcast queen. Uh, we'll we'll see. She is. But yeah, it's, it's going. It's going well so far yeah so I've moved all my events online which is quite exciting so every week we do a thirsty Thursdays community meetup which is a really good like weekly check-in for the sober community and then I've done a few kind of exercise events so we've had like a yoga and a hit class Um, I'm just in talks with Morning Gloryville to potentially partner with them so lots of exciting things coming up actually good I'm glad to hear so today um all the people listening who usually listen into Emily's podcast, we have decided to turn the tables and I'm going to be asking the questions this time. So spotlight, drum roll, Emily on you. So my first question to you is, do you remember the first time that you drank alcohol or got drunk? And what was that experience like? Yes, I do. So I was 12 years old when I first had a drink a prop and a proper drink although saying that now actually it seems very young doesn't it 12 years old I think I was similar so (laughs) yeah (laughs) I always think god if yeah if I could talk to myself now at 12 years old it would obviously be very different with the with the path that I've come along but anyway 12 years old yes what was the drink the drink was a Smirnoff ice Oi. <laughs> yeah, very good. And we were at my a family's 40th 
birthday but there were lots lots of adults there so I don't really think anyone was kind of keeping keeping an eye on our mm-hmm. on our drinking and I also think because it was like a family party and all my cousins were there that are a bit older we were allowed to kind of have like one because it was in like a safe family environment so I yeah. think the the thinking is you know to have it in that environment which is safe when you mm-hmm. first start instead of going out you know with your friends and it you know being peer pressured into doing it and all and all of these things so in in a safe space really but uh me being me obviously really like to test my limits so I didn't just have one Smirnoff ice I moved from Smirnoff ices to WKD blues I mean Oof. I can't tell you how many I had but I was very 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 drunk wow yeah and I I enjoyed every second of it it was (laughs) it was a great first experience I just remember being like so happy and talking to everyone and enjoying the fact that I couldn't really walk straight and that I could (laughs) quite sophisticated and alive really Um, (laughs) and then I think at some point during the party my mum and dad were like how many has she had to drink and sat me in a corner and gave me some water in the hope that I would sober up um I don't know if they know this but I actually didn't really have any water and didn't stay in the spot where they told me to stay and went and found another smell of ice and carried on drinking wow yeah until the morning and I think they were really hoping that I was going to come and have a massive hangover which I didn't and I woke up feeling quite sprightly bouncing down the stairs thinking how fabulous it was that I had had my first experience with alcohol and from then did that do you think that triggered something in you like how was your adolescent years what happened from there when was the next drink so I would say that the the not the next time that I drank alcohol but one of the next situations that are very, is very firmly in my memory is when I was 13 me and my friend Judy decided to go to Hove Park which is uh, near Brighton if no one knows where that is and meet some boys and I remember getting on the bus with not just a small WKD blue bottle but you know one of the the big boys that you can buy and a bottle of neat vodka still to this day I don't actually know like how we managed to acquire this because obviously very underage and we got on the bus drinking the WKD blue and when we arrived at the park I remember sitting on a hill at the park and drinking this neat vodka which obviously now ever since then was a horrendous idea I always actually um remembered this moment anytime I would drink a vodka and lemonade in the future I could never drink vodka after this time and the next thing I remember is I woke up in my bed at home with a hospital band around my wrist oh my god yeah so that's the last thing I remember and that was how old 13 13 at that, at that point and so I, I do remember from that experience just thinking okay I know my limits now like I've always been one for testing my limits to see where where we ended up especially with things that are quite unknown so mm-hmm. I do remember thinking that um, I never want to end up in hospital again mm-hmm. so I'm not gonna stop drinking I'm just gonna drink smarter so that's what I did from that moment onwards really and I mean I'm sure your parents had something to say about that what were they worried were they like oh it's one-off you know what was the response from them yeah they were extremely worried I do remember in the morning like they weren't talking to me and I don't think they necessarily knew how to handle that situation 
necessarily in the morning but yeah they definitely did speak to me about it and I suppose you know you're young you are testing your limits you are experimenting and it was just a case of you know I won't do this again and I'll be more careful Mm -hmm. which to some degree was true because I have never ended up in hospital again so you know at least I at least I stuck to that end yeah good well done you so yeah I stuck to that end of the bargain but um yeah no I think it was a very difficult situation for them especially yeah as I was as I was so young but I was lucky that I had support really around that time and and that you know and that I didn't die I was very lucky that I was still alive from that situation. So do you remember when you you thought that your drinking might have a negative impact on you? Yeah I mean obviously that wasn't a great first direction to start off in. (laughs) Um, But yeah I do so when it became like to the point where I was like I this is affecting my life really negatively was at the age of 25 I think before then I had always managed to kind of well I I don't think I'd managed but I just don't think I was very self-aware and at 25 I became very self-aware of my kind of feeling so low all the time feeling anxious all the time feeling in such a negative cycle all the time from like Mm -hmm you know being hung over and then feeling okay again and then being drunk again and then being hung over again like I started to really realize that pattern and I could I couldn't quite put my finger on it why I didn't always like feel like really happy or just motivated and and those kind of emotions really that I suppose I've been dealing with for a long time and it wasn't until at 25 when I kind of recognized that it was alcohol and that it was probably because I was drinking too much Mm -hmm. so yeah that was the first time where I was like this is really having a negative impact and I to maybe not do this Mm -hmm. and how often were you drinking so from this sort of 13 when you had this moment to 25 how often would you say you were drinking like per week I think that's a really hard question to answer because I think there are so many different factors as to how many times a week you drink but at uni, for example, I think I drank a lot less. I definitely had a few years where I became very into my fitness and would go to like spinning classes and started running. And I, I stayed um, at university in Brighton where I had grown up. Mm-hmm. So where I'd had like fake ID from the age of, I don't know, what, 16, um, <laughs> where we'd obviously been, you know, back in the days where you could get away with a cut passport and no one would really yeah. question you going All into it. Like, <laughs> I remember Caroline's birth certificate with me, my lord. <laughs> exactly. So, like, you know, during those times, we loved going out. I we would always go out religiously every Wednesday to the Honey Club in Brighton, and probably Friday and Saturday. So, you know, I think kind of that age was that kind of drinking. They were just nights out with your friends, which I think mm-hmm. is probably quite normal as a teenager. And then when I went to uni, as I said, a lot more under control because I'd kind of done all the Brighton nightclubs and I'd been out so much and all of my friends had kind of moved away to go to their unis. So when I was studying, I was actually a lot more on track. I was still working in the pub because my first job was obviously a pub job because two of my favourite things, meeting new people and drinking. So it seemed like (laughs) the perfect perfect career choice for me. (laughs) So yeah, so that's where it was probably most at its most kind of calm was at university Mm -hmm. ironically because I I feel that most people's drinking ramps up a notch then but it was when I kind of moved to London where because you know 
I was still living at home at uni. I'd obviously kind of been there, done that with the whole Brighton scene. But as soon as I moved to London, that was my first experience of being independent mm-hmm. and having, you know, like a freshers year essentially, because I I'd never yeah. really had one. So that first year in London for me was the equivalent probably to most people's freshers year that they would have at uni. Yeah. And I remember I had this flat and it had this balcony on. And I used to love coming back and having like two glasses of rosé on this balcony and like a packet of mobile lights, just thinking, <laughs> I'm so bloody adult. Yes. Like, yeah, I am so grown up. I've got yeah. my job that I'm now getting paid a salary. I can come back and have rosé on my balcony and smoke cigarettes. And I honestly just felt like I'd, I'd got everything solved. I had everything under control and that I was a very, like, sophisticated adult. <laughs> wow. Little did we know. Little did we know. And then, you know, when you start working, I think it's very ingrained in businesses. We We literally had a pub straight out straight out the door where where I was working so Mm -hmm. you know it wasn't unusual for people to go for a glass of wine every night after work Mm -hmm. or two glasses and then obviously Thursday everyone without fail would go to Maggie's on the King's Road I don't know if you've ever been have you ever been no I haven't maybe I should try it (laughs) well we'll go we'll go there one night or uh you can obviously uh get drunk and I'll uh (laughs) I'll dance like I'm drunk and you can watch <laughs> What's so, the chaos? We, so we do that without fail and then on Friday it was the weekend so we're going to drink again obviously mm-hmm. um so it, it didn't seem very unnormal it just that was what we did really when I when I started working and I think that's pretty yeah the norm mm-hmm. in London really and I also probably think it it's different isn't it because if alcohol isn't affecting your life negatively for example, if you're not waking up hungover, you're not feeling depressed, you're not feeling anxious, you're not getting yourself into situations that you're regressing, and it's not having that negative impact. I mean, I think there are people that can drink in a healthy way and, and mm-hmm. not get to that point where maybe they need to question it. Back to your question, moving moving to London, I was probably let loose a, li- a little bit more than perhaps um, than perhaps I should have been because I hadn't kind of had that uni time. So yeah, during that period, I would say it wouldn't be abnormal to drink. Mm-hmm. five five days a week on in some capacity and how would you say that your relationships um have been through your drinking years are we talking boyfriends or are we talking friendships both actually maybe we start with boyfriends and then we'll go to friends <laughs> yeah so relationships for me I think I've either met people on a night out or um got drunk and they became my boyfriend there wasn't <laughs> you're gonna be mine <laughs> <laughs> yeah there wasn't really uh much in in between that I would say um I definitely had a few boyfriends when I was younger but I look back on those relationships and they were very much kind of based around drinking so they were they definitely weren't the healthiest and then yeah my last relationship I actually decided to go sober kind of a few months into that relationship and he was drinking. So I think it, that was quite tricky. And, you know, yeah. we just weren't any, like, in alignment any longer. So, yeah, that kind of ended. And then since then, I've honestly just kind of been working on myself in that respect. I definitely do want a healthy and happy relationship. But kind of when that presents itself, I think before I always kind of used alcohol to make me feel good about myself and, you know, getting with people to kind of, 
validate my own self-worth whereas now I've removed that I have really learned to do that by myself so I think that's definitely one of my improvement areas since I've gone sober is that I do really love myself when I don't need to get that from other people which I was Mm -hmm. definitely doing through my drinking years and friendships I have to say I have been really lucky with my friendships I've definitely some of my friendships since I have got sober I am not as close to people as much but then I've opened up lots of different doors to invite amazing sober friends in which is great Mm -hmm. but on the whole I've got a really strong group of school friends that I've known since I was kind of like 11 so they've kind of weathered all storms with me and have seen you know the good the bad and the ugly and they still want to be friends with me so I (laughs) I do really appreciate (laughs) <laughs> and going back to this the, the relationship that you in that you say three months into it you went sober and mm. apart from you saying that you know you weren't in alignment with each other what did you notice what was the difference did you still feel was it the same relationship just you were different like what changed about it and was he supportive to you going sober in those three months even though he was drinking himself he was very supportive in the fact that he didn't try and like make me drink or anything But I think it is very difficult when you're just leading two completely different lifestyles. So, you know, like on on a small level, like we just wouldn't want to do the same things in our spare time anymore. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, on a night out, he would want to stay out later and I would want to come home earlier. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't feel like we connected in in the same way now that I didn't drink and we had Mm -hmm. to kind of adjust our whole relationship and unfortunately it just it just didn't work out but and I also think when you first get sober you are completely relearning who you are and going through such a process that actually I think it is healthy to kind of be by yourself in a way especially if Mm -hmm. your boyfriend is drinking because it can be very triggering like you know I liked drinking at some at some stages you know so to be with someone and they're still heavily going out and you can't do that anymore it's difficult and you know you want to stay in on a Saturday night and just watch a DVD or actually does anyone watch a DVD anymore no one has a DVD player yeah watch Netflix and you know get a takeaway and, and you know not necessarily go out all the time so we would just we just became very different people mm-hmm. which was fine but yeah I was lucky he was very supportive he never tried to make me drink and was definitely there for me and you know my my difficult times so I am very appreciative of that. What made you finally decide to stop drinking? I feel like it, it took me three years to get to that point of 25 to 28 or you know at 25 really realizing it was affecting my life negatively to then spending three years going through a cycle of not drinking and drinking not drinking drinking um, mm-hmm. and that could be as many months as kind of four months of being sober and then I go mm-hmm. back to drinking or it could literally be I was attempting I don't know a week and then I would go back to drinking um, yeah. and during during this time I would kind of yeah run marathons I would go on juice cleanses I started going to church at one point like I was just looking for all of these things to try and yeah stay sober basically mm-hmm. um, and then I think I just got so sick of that negative cycle and I honestly was not feeling good mentally by the end of it um, I wasn't really eating properly I wasn't sleeping well I wasn't you know turning up to work every day I, I wasn't being reliable in my friendships 
Yeah. Um, I was spending way too much money and it just got to a point where it was just like, I can't carry on like this. So, so yeah, at, on the 6th of April, 2018 was the kind of final, final straw, if you like. I was walking to go for dinner at a restaurant in London with, with a kind of business contact and I remember I'd been out the night before once again. I'd hardly had any sleep. And I remember walking to this amazing restaurant in London, which was absolutely beautiful. And the food is incredible. And walking there being like, I really don't want to go to this dinner. I just really want to go home to bed. Mm-hmm. And what I really should have been thinking about is I'm really excited to go to this amazing restaurant and eat delicious food and spend yeah. time with someone that I know well and have really nice conversations and have a lovely evening and be really grateful for that situation instead of walking there feeling so much dread and so much anxiety that I almost couldn't bear to go but I couldn't cancel the meeting and I just Mm -hmm. thought this doesn't this I can't go on like this so I had one glass of wine at that dinner and I put that glass of wine down and I said to him look I'm not going to drink again wow yeah and here we are did did he believe you your friend was he like oh come on Emily (laughs) have a shot I mean I don't think anyone believed me at this point I had told people so many (laughs) times that I was never gonna drink again I couldn't even count on one hand or or two hands or four hands um and I think everyone was so sick of hearing it I don't think anyone really believed me Mm -hmm. so yeah I don't think he did but you know you, you always say yeah cool okay and yeah then I'll see you next week for a, yeah, for yeah. a night out <laughs> so you work in nightlife as your day job so day job slash night job how mm-hmm. do you manage this and how do you how do you stay sober and not you know fall into the trap of the temptation yeah so just so everyone knows I do um have another job apart from sober and social sober and social is just the side <laughs> hustle just in case anyone thought that I did this full time I really don't yeah so my day job is working in nightlife which is which is great which I absolutely love so I feel like actually um I've kind of got better at my job which may seem ironic because obviously I'm not going out and drinking in in nightclubs and bars anymore but I feel like if you can have a really good time in a nightclub or a bar sober, then you know that the actual nightclub or bar is is good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in some ways, I've got better at kind of recommending places because or, you know, saying what's good and what's not. Because, yeah, if you can have a good time and you haven't had a drink, then it really is a good time. You know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I turn up to work every morning on time, which is great. <laughs> I'm really productive at my desk. I come up with you know better ideas I'm more focused so I think you know in general it it has helped every aspect of my life Mm -hmm. but from working yeah in that kind of world it has made me a better employee and if Mm -hmm. I need to go out on a night out which to be fair is quite regularly I will still go and I just won't drink and just you know have a great time and you know the good thing is is that I can really talk to people about their non-alcoholic um, selection and just make sure that you know those conversations are being had in in nightclubs and and bars yeah. to you know make it more accessible and for people to have more choice if they don't want to have a drink so in that respect yeah. it has been really positive. Nice and dating sober dating how is that going? Sober dating, uh, it's definitely quality, not quantity. Good. And I think the connections that you have are a lot deeper. And I think you were able to put 
very strong boundaries in place and know quicker whether something is right or wrong for you, which I wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily be able to do when I was drinking. How do you find dating from a drinking perspective? Do you think drinking helps or hinders a date? I always have a drink on a date. I, I It's always, um, well, I say always, there, there's been a few walks in the parks with coffee and whatnot. But I... I guess I I know my limits now. There was a stage for me in my 20s where I had absolutely no idea how much to not drink. I just thought like, you know, laying on the floor in the street was like how you should end every night. So I've reined that in massively. And now it's a feeling. I go all based on feelings, depending on what I've eaten that day, depending if I'm hungover from the day before. There's so many variables to it. I go based on that as in how much I'm going to drink. So usually on a, on a first day, I will probably have two drinks maximum, max, max, max. If I've worked out in the day, I might even have just half a glass because it will really affect me. I'm quite sensitive to, to alcohol and foods. And especially when you haven't been drinking for a long time, as in I don't drink very often anymore. So when I do, it really gets to me. Um, and I hate forgetting things. So I, when some, I'm on a date with someone, they're like, so my 10 brothers and one sister and my dad, Fred, and my mum, Sue. And you're like, go away. You go away from it thinking, I have no idea who or what the how this guy has just said, which became fun. And it became my funny story because then I'd tell everyone and share how great my dates are because my second dates were basically a repeat of the first one. So we never ran out of conversation. So that was always like my, my CC thing. But then at the same time, that's really unfair on the other person. So, uh, yeah, I the one thing I would say is if a guy said to me that he doesn't drink, I would... I'm not sure how I feel about that. If he said, yeah, I don't drink anymore mm. or I haven't ever drank or I'm not a drinker, I would, because I do love a drink and I love feeling sexy. I love feeling like, oh, let's snuggle up with a glass of red wine and watch the fire or, you know, let's go to Ibiza and sit on a boat and drink rosé. All those kind of things, all re- my, my, my thought of having a good time, I do, it does involve alcohol. So... It's an interesting one. Have you had any guys not date you because you're sober? No, I think actually people have been very um, open to the idea of me being sober. Um, And even people that I've been on dates with that drink have actually not drank on the dates and have been really respectful of it. So I've actually found it a really positive experience, sober dating, and everyone has been very understanding but I I have um, laid very clear boundaries before I go on a date with someone and will always tell them that I don't drink and not in a it's a big deal type of way but just Mm -hmm. in a if they're like oh um, can't wait to take you for a drink or you know shall we go for you know a a glass of wine or something um, I'd always be like yes I'd love to but mine will be a ginger ale or something and just kind Mm -hmm. of very like nonchalant like drop it in there so it's not a big deal but it's just a FYI I don't do that and then I think if someone if that's going to be a problem for someone they can choose whether whether or not they're going to go on a date with you. Mm-hmm. That, I mean that's really interesting because if someone a guy had messaged me that's so was talking and he says uh same thing mine would be a ginger ale mm. I would then think hmm what's going on here and I'd be at that point where I wouldn't be able I wouldn't feel I'd be able to ask him 
is everything okay? What you know, are you going through something? Um, are you are you sober now for a reason? That I'd have so many questions because that's how my mind works. Mm. And I I've never been in that situation, so I just wonder what that would do, and would I feel? I guess it depends on the chat, doesn't it? How much you how much you feel like you can ask with when you don't know someone or you haven't actually met them. Yeah, definitely. And I also think as well, like when you do meet people at the end of the day, like whether you drink or don't drink, like if you don't get on with someone and you don't have a good connection, like at some point that's gonna, that's gonna come through, isn't it? Like yeah, it might yeah. not be on date one, but it might be on date six when you're like, oh, hang on a minute. All we've done is actually get drunk together. And now we're trying to go for a walk or go for lunch or something. And you're like, we don't actually get on that well. Like we don't really have good conversation and I think alcohol allows you into this false sense of oh my god like we had such a connection I really fancy him the sex was amazing all of these things whereas actually in the sober life today it's not it's not actually true yeah again I think like wow again I think it comes down to how well you know yourself because there's definitely been well there has been moments not for a long time, but I've definitely thought, you know, someone's nicer than what they are. Because, or, you know, what do they call it? Beer goggles. You get the beer mm. goggles on. You're like, oh, suddenly you're fit. You weren't 10 minutes ago. I've had a shot. Like, I've definitely had those moments. But now, like I said, I'm just more aware of who I am and my body and what I can and can't take. If I feel too drunk on a first date, I feel a bit uncomfortable because I feel out of control. And I don't like to feel out of control because I always like to be aware of what I'm saying, especially to someone that I don't know you know meeting a brand new stranger it's like how much do you reveal to that person And with alcohol it's very easy to just be like blah, 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 and I'm open as hell anyway so I don't need any help giving that giving more even more information away so yeah I think it really depends on if you've done a bit of work on yourself where you're at in your life your age you know I, mm. I couldn't say any of this stuff at 25 because I was like you out all the time drinking every single night working for a bank you know living that that banking lifestyle and mm-hmm. there wasn't a day that I, well, maybe a Sunday I'd wake up with a hangover and that was the only day I didn't actually drink. So every single day I was either drunk or hungover. God, <laughs> my poor yeah. little liver. My poor I know, little poor liver. little liver. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I do think you you end up, yeah, telling someone way too much about yourself, don't you, when you're drunk on the first date and you're like, oh, really shouldn't have uh, told them my whole life story. Yeah. Um, Whereas now, and I think there is a, you know, an aspect, it is lovely to be open with people, but I also think, you know, telling someone too much on a first date is just too much. And I think you're a bit like me, like we're quite out there and quite outgoing and a bit of a handful when we're sober, probably, uh, (laughs) let alone. (laughs) Don't know what you mean. (laughs) Let alone after a few drinks. Oh dear. Um, I just want to ask you like a quick question as well like how did you when you when you were younger like what what were your beginning drinking days like that you that you can remember I think very similar to you I I was was you 11 did you say uh 12 oh I was a year younger I think I was 11 and I remember having a hooch my mum had bought us well she was having a hooch god what a drink and uh, my sister and I eager beavers were keen on joining her so I don't think we had um, like a bottle or anything, but I think we just had a couple of sips. And I remember like getting like, as you do, you get really hyper as a kid and you're like, oh my God, I'm drunk. You know, I've had two sips, watch me, watch me cartwheel around the back garden. 
and I just had this yeah I was just extra I was always extra anyway so that was my my first drink and then I think I started drinking heavily when I was probably 13 14 maybe um well I say heavily but for someone who's underage is heavy and you know I was drinking like mad dog 2020 and all those disgusting kind of things and I was going out and I went on my first like girls holiday when I was 15 like I just did it all so 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 young but for me it was about escape escapism I just wanted to escape my reality I didn't want to I didn't want to deal with with what was going on in my world but I didn't know mm-hmm. that at the time I didn't know mm-hmm. that I was doing that now I look back and I'm like that's obvious you know you don't want to deal with your shit so you you drink but back then it was just a way of life and I was hanging around with older older people I had an older boyfriend so I was sort of living their lifestyle thinking that you know by getting into a nightclub that was like a massive achievement with my fake birth certificate so that for me was like you know like wicked tick the box you got into a nightclub and and every weekend I'd try and up that and spend a bit more time in the club without getting kicked out (laughs) so yeah my my years I, I started very early and that's probably why I've been able to rein it in so much because it wasn't enjoyable then it became really enjoyable when I was in my early 20s um working for a bank that was like my best years I guess of drinking then I had a bit of a hit again when I was sort of late 20s early 30s and now god knows I mean every day is a different day who, who knows it really again in these times you know lockdown you think you've got your shit together you have a drink and then it brings up old stuff and you think where I thought I dealt with you I don't I don't mm-hmm. need you around like you're not serving me right now but we don't have a release we don't, we don't have anywhere to go or anyone to see to kind of release all those those things lockdown in itself is making everybody look at themselves because we've got nothing else to do so having a drink on top of trying to deal with your shit is like a big challenge why why would anyone do that definitely I have to say as well like over these past few weeks I've definitely been on a uh an emotional roller coaster dealing with all sorts of emotions that I that I didn't you know think were going to come up and you know it it goes to show you actually like especially maybe when you yeah when you were drinking at points and don't get me wrong there were definitely times when I was drinking and it was in a really happy space and it was celebratory and it was occasions and that was on holidays and you know it was it was great and it wasn't negative but there are a lot of times I realized how much I was drinking to escape my feelings mm-hmm. and now I've got to really sit with my feelings without that option to kind of get away from them mm-hmm. yeah it can be really really hard do you think for you lockdown has kind of actually made you be a bit more sober really to be fair with you I go through periods of my life where I don't drink for like four months or so like I, it just it honestly depends on like time of year so summer makes me drink more winter I drink less unless I have a boyfriend if I'm with a boyfriend I tend to drink more it really depends on sort of where I'm at and what I'm going through but my go-to now isn't like oh Monday night love a glass of wine I don't get that that feeling with the last time I got that was a couple of Fridays ago and uh same thing funny you were saying that when you were in your this is like me in my 30s you're in your 20s feeling it when you're on your balcony smoking a cigarette and you had two glasses of wine you're like I'm so adult I had that two Fridays ago I bought this really nice bottle of rosé and uh I got in my my living room and I was like I'm just I feel so grown up I feel so proud of myself and what I'm doing and I like cheers myself big smile you know in my room on my own and um within like half a glass of this rosé and half an hour later I'd had a real sugar crash 
because there's so much sugar in rosé uh, or in wine in particular. And again, I'm, I'm, I've said it before, but I, I'm really quite affected by foods, and especially there's a lot of stuff in it, a lot of uh, sugar in it. So yeah, I had this like massive high and I was like, I'm an adult. And then within half an hour, the tears start coming and I'm like, I need to go for a walk, I need to get out and I'm having a walk round. I probably called you actually at that point. I probably called you. And um, it's weird, isn't it? It's just, it's like the ups and downs. And I just, I know when I'm in a good place because I can wake up with a hangover and feel okay about it and know mm. I'm hungover and that's it. And there's nothing more to it. No one's died, nothing's happened. When I'm in a shit place, I'll wake up with a hangover and I feel like my world has come to an end. So that, for me, that's the biggest sort of sign of where you are in your life kind of thing. And the hangovers, I mean, if you're not in a good place, it it honestly can feel like, yeah, your whole world has ended. And when is, when is this going to end, basically? And no amount yeah. of food, no amount of um, binge watching TV helps. <laughs> no, I know. And that's the part of lockdown, isn't it? You don't get, you can binge watch TV and you can do all that stuff. For me, my release is seeing people and doing yoga and connecting. And that's, uh, you know, lockdown isn't providing any of that. So I do really feel for the people that suffer with their mental health because this is just stabbing and triggering so much for lots of different people. Yeah, definitely. I think it is a really, really difficult time. And I think people are actually drinking a lot more in lockdown than they than they were before. Yeah, I yeah, I think they probably are. Um, I just want to go back a little bit. So sober and social. Mm. What inspired you to start this? So I wanted to start sober and social because I really wanted to kind of showcase that we didn't have to compromise on our lives or our social life in particular if we weren't drinking alcohol anymore. And given my kind of nightlife background, I had quite good kind of contacts with bars and nightclubs and places to go out in London so it kind of made sense that that was the natural progression and that was where I was going to go with it Mm -hmm. Um, and the one thing that has really helped me on my sobriety journey has been finding sober friends and having a community Mm -hmm. and you know going to nights out and not having alcohol but just having the best of time so I really wanted to give that experience to other people and to provide kind of friends and community for people that might not have one and that might be struggling so that was kind of the the idea behind it and also I wanted it to be open to everyone as well I didn't just want people coming there that like were sober the whole time I actually wanted it to be open for people to explore a different night out or people that Mm -hmm. were maybe thinking of I don't know cutting down their drinking or wanting to go sober to give them the experience of what it's like to go on a night out without alcohol yeah yeah I hear you what advice would you give to others during this time in particular who might be struggling with their sobriety Normally, I would say go meet up with friends, but obviously that's not a a thing. But definitely, I think keeping in contact with people, keeping in contact with your friends and staying connected, finding a sober community, whether that's on Instagram or through um, somewhere like Club Soda. I think it's really important to find your people. Come to to Thirsty Thursdays at 7pm every Thursday if you're looking to meet some new friends and kind of have a weekly check-in and have some accountability. I think Mm -hmm. that's really important just to have you know those those accountability sessions going on um go to online meetings if you think that that could really help you and just listen to other people's stories Mm -hmm. um I know 
AA and, and meetings can maybe be potentially quite scary for people that haven't done them. But I do think in a time like this, it's really, yeah, important to connect. So just going in, finding a meeting and listening to it to begin with to see if it's for you, I think is really helpful. Um, having a good stock of sober drinks, non-alcoholic alternatives in the house. So you're not mm-hmm. feeling pressured to kind of grab a wine. You've got something else that you can grab too if you're feeling, um, yeah, quite quite triggered going out and being in nature walking every day going for a run just keeping you know those good coming to my pilates classes oh yeah going to your pilates classes of course (laughs) (laughs) we will uh we'll leave a link so people can obviously go and join in your pilates class so they can do a pilates class and then go for a walk in nature what a lovely what a lovely morning that sounds lush actually that does sound very peaceful yeah. Right, I'm going to give you some fire questions, okay? I'll get okay. four of them for you. You better be ready. First one, favourite sober sip? I mean, I have so many. Can I name a few? You're allowed. Go. <laughs> okay, so my favourite ones at the moment are Liars, Seedlip, Wild Botanicals, Naughty, um, Humble Warrior Kombucha, Genie Living Kombucha, and Peroni 0.0 Beer. Wow, does it actually taste like beer? It really does. And I actually didn't like beer when I was drinking and I absolutely am obsessed with the non-alcoholic beers. What's it? Does it not have like loads of sugar and stuff in it though? No, it actually doesn't. The beer's really good. They um, recommend, I think, that um, athletes can take it before uh, before they before they exercise because it's got, hey. I don't know exactly what it's got in it, but it's meant to be really good for you. So I would recommend it. Oh, well, I'll be getting on that then. You can have um, that and do your Pilates class. There we go. Bounce off the walls. Favourite place to party? Oh, Ibiza. Specific club, place, just like actual like beach club or just Ibiza all around? Well, it was space, but that's closed down now. So um, my favourite place now. I don't know. Nothing will ever, nothing will ever quite beat space. Where would you go? But even like a sober, you still say space. I mean, I never did space sober, so I couldn't obviously answer that question. <laughs> all right, next question. <laughs> favorite nightclub uh the box in london without fail it's if anyone that knows me it's my it was my favorite place um when i was drinking and it's definitely still my favorite nightclub i i have to actually vouch for that i went to one of your events your sober events there and my god that place is something else it is the sound system is off the chain and you'd organize a really good dj but it was just brilliant so i i agree with you on that one um best piece of advice or life mantra i've said this before but i'm going to say it again because it's really important uh progress not perfection we can get so caught up in having to be perfect and having to achieve but actually any step forward is forward and i think that is the best and kindest piece of advice you can give to yourself mm-hmm. right i'm going to turn the tables on you and i'm going to ask you the quick fire round as well favorite sober sip oh coffee can't get enough cannot get enough of coffee am I allowed that is that allowed yeah definitely favorite place to party um it would either be a festival or a beach club like in Dubai or Ibiza or yeah favorite nightclub I haven't been to the last nightclub I went to was the box with you before that I and you were sober (laughs) and I was sober Oh, before that, it would have been Ibiza. Yeah, I don't know if I have a favourite. I don't I don't go out enough to have... God, how boring is that? Don't go out enough to have a favourite nightclub. Okay, and what is your best piece of advice or life mantra? My dad always says to me, 
never make a big decision on an empty stomach or if you haven't slept and that for me is is everything every time I'm like I don't know what to do I feel stressed out I'm not sure I, I, I you know I feel like flustered my if I call my dad he'll say what have you eaten today have you eaten and he'll say how did you sleep last night and those two things in itself make such a difference. Amazing. Thank you very much. I'm going to, I mean, I don't think I need any encouragement on uh, not having an empty stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's true though. Eating. <laughs> oh God, now that fridge gets opened every half hour at the moment. It's ridiculous. I just sit, I just look at it. I'm like, what, what else can I have to joke? Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, Everything is yeah food has definitely been my comfort during this during this time of our lives thank you so much for uh coming on sober sips and yeah asking me some questions about my life and also sharing your stories about your own life i think it's been really interesting and insightful and hopefully people will find it really helpful so thank you so much Cece. Thank you for asking me and thank you for answering all my questions. <laughs> thank you for having me. You're very welcome and I will see you very soon. All right, my darling. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's Sober Sips and thank you, Cece, for being part of this special episode. My takeaways for you are... No matter how many setbacks you have on your journey, it's possible to become sober if that's what you choose. It's really important to love yourself and put strong boundaries in place for your life. Do remember to check out Liars and head to www.liars.co.uk to order some incredible alcohol-free spirits. If you like this episode, please do subscribe, rate and review. And if you'd like to follow Cece and find out more about her journey and Pilates classes, please do so at cc underscore Coleman. And if you want to contact me directly, I'm at sober and social underscore. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Sober Sips. <laughs>